Hello and welcome to Discover Energy Work. Today I'm talking to John Chan and you know, living in Hong Kong for so long, I wanted to represent what is a most incredible um, art uh, and very much scientific in many ways, which is feng shui or feng shui, well, people pronounce it all kinds of ways. John Chan is He's got a fantastic story about how he got into feng shui and he's obviously one of these, well, I just heard his story and I'm like, I, I believe this guy. This guy can help a lot of people. So I wanted to, so hi, John. I wanted to share your story. <laughs> thank you for the honor. Um, well, I think I'm honored. So thank you very much. Um, John, you, we were talking before, because I like to kind of let you know, talk to people about, you know, their background. And I feel that feng shui is, is so much part of an energy work, almost like a spiritual life. Um, you were telling me about how you kind of became involved in it. Yes, yes. Um, when we were talking the other day, uh, I uh, make it a point to, um, to let you know that um, how I got started with Feng Shui is really amazing, even to myself. Yeah. After so many years on hindsight, I thought, wow, you know, maybe for some reason I'm born to be doing like this the metaphysical work or somehow. Um, is the story, not story, it's my experience when I was about 10 years old. I, at that time, I always had an idea in, at the back of my mind that there's a, there's a thought form that was telling me that there's something wrong with the feng shui of my grandfather who passed away when my father was born. And uh, that, like, you know, is uh, for many years already when I was 10 years old, many years back. Mm. And then, well, I had that idea in my mind on and off, that idea popped up, kind of like, you know, reminding myself you got to really do something about your grandfather's grave in China. Mm. But of course, at that tender age, I couldn't do anything. Even my father and my mother, they didn't really like, you know, pay attention to these kind of things. I, of course, did not tell them. But that idea kept in my mind all along, all through my life. And then at the age of 19, I went to Winnipeg, Manitoba for university. And then after that, I went to Austin, Texas and lived there for many years. And it was during that time that my family way back here in Hong Kong, they experienced a lot of, wow, you know, very bad, so-called bad luck, some misfortunes, right. so to say. Uh, uh, it started with my, my, my younger brother being found stone cold on his bed by my grandmom. After that, my grandmom told my father, my father was like, you know, so he was my dead. Was, your, your brother was just like, go, went to his room for a sleep and his grandmother found him dead. Your brother just found him dead. Exactly. When he was about to turn 18 years old, to apply for the you know the Hong Kong ID card as an adult, before that, he passed away. Wow. He passed away, but my 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 grandmom and um, you know at that time, of course after that, a lot of policemen came to 
our, our home and check this and that. And they even suspected my grandmom having murdered my my younger brother and all these things like, you know, really, wow. really bad. Um, and then my father, who was a tailor for all his life, he had a little tailor shop um, in not too far away from home. And then that day all hell broke loose. And of course, like, you know, my younger brother was the one that my father, of course, my parents most fond of. And they were so heartbroken. Uh, my father, after two years, contracted cancer. Of course, like, you know, we know that that emotional burden or like, you know, drainage got him into that state and then he passed away very quickly too. Mm -hmm. And um, me being one of the three males in the family, but I was away from home in America, I couldn't do a thing. And then I, I, I wasn't even reminded of the, that, that thought form that I used to have when I was like, you know, 10 years old. Uh, I, never ex I never suspected that is the grave of my grandfather. Might be there's something wrong there. Until I returned home in 1990. And then my mother told me that a few weeks before my father passed away, I mean, he, she was told by, a, by one of these, uh, what we call like villagers from, from mainland China. They came to Hong Kong to visit my mom. And then they told my mom. You, that, said, oh, you said he's like, was one of the people from your ancestral village of your father and your grandfather. Yes, yes, right. exactly. Yes. Okay. And then they were like, you know, visiting my mother. And then they told my mother that, Oh, you know what? Because by that time they knew of already my father's passed away. Mm. And um, they told my mom that um, around my uh, around three weeks before my father passed away, there was a guy. I, I, I suppose like you know, may, must be a function master mm. who walked past my grandfather's grave. And he was like, you know, mumbling to himself. And then he told one of the villagers that this family would be going through some big heat of misfortune. Mm. Of course, like at that time, nobody would took his opinion so seriously. Mm. And uh, boom, all, all these things happened. And then well, somebody um, must have, I mean, somebody must have gone, oh, I've got to go and tell the family in Hong Kong. Or was it just... Just by chance, oh, they 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 wouldn't do that because like it's uh, quite a big deal for them to apply for a visa to come to Hong Kong just mm -hmm. to tell my mom that. True. Yeah. And then like your know, normal people would not be doing things like that so easily. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're talking about like uh, China, which has just gone through the Cultural Revolution, is still quite you know. Yeah, picking up all the graves and all these things. Mm. Um, and that's why like, you know, they are not encouraging anybody to do a bur burial site mm. like it used to because they need the land to right. make mucho dinero, to make more money. Yes. So they don't, they don't encourage people to do that. But anyway, after, that, after, after I returned home in 1990, after hearing about that, I immediately organized my, my tour back to the old village in China. And then guess what? What I saw was like, you know, very disappointing. 
very disheartening mm. because you know counting how many years my grandfather's was buried into that that location and yet when i look at that location there was almost nothing there just a pile of dirt wow with my grandfather's bone in there i mean that is a big no no in the what we call the yin feng shui Mm -hmm. um, the residential function that we are doing now are what we call yang function. And for mm -hmm. the burial of the ancestors and those bygones, we call them yin function. Yin function, in theory, is even more powerful in terms of its influences. Oh, nowadays, nobody can have good access to good burial uh, location, let alone like, you know, thinking of like, you know, uh, putting uh, one's ancestors onto a very powerful, powerful spot so that all their upcoming generations can benefit from that, from that DNA in the energy world, you know, mm -hmm. because I, when our ancestors are buried into a very powerful functional spot, all the young generations to come will benefit. Okay. That's like the broadcasting of uh, very uh, powerful uh, metaphysical energies. Right. So, so you were you were having what you're saying is there was a connection between your grandfather's bad burial space, and that was having a very powerful influence, that eventually caused your brother's death, death, and your father's death. Um, you know, I mean. It, it's like um, uh, a, a domino effect of many things exactly. happening over. So it's like yes. an energy coming out from the ancestral grave. And yes. you knew that when you were 10. You had a feeling for that when you were 10. I had that intuition within me and when I was 10. And yet, uh, of course, I didn't know, better, you know how to deal with that until mm -hmm. in 1990, after my family went through that much uh, misfortune, so to speak, I went back to the village and fixed it all up and built a very good grave, uh, graveyard for my grandfather. Um, uh, in Chinese, we call Yap Tou Wai Ngon. Yap Tou Wai Ngon means Yap is into, Tou is earth, Wai is equal to, On is secure safety, uh, rest. So into the earth, one's ancestors would make the younger generation, the upcoming generations very secure, very much uh, in a very positive well-being, that, that, kind of, that kind of thing. It begs the question, so after you've done that, was there, did you notice like with the family that there was an immediate improvement? If I could say that is between heaven and hell. Okay. Is there is such a big, big, big difference. I cannot believe myself that, you know, um, before I, I did that, within my family members, my mother and my sisters, when we get together, there's there's still that big piece of stone in, in, in our heart. Mm that hardly can we feel happy. We all like, you know, felt very depressed, except that because we all are into doing 
social work and things like that, we know what depression is. And that's why, like, you know, maybe uh, maybe each one of us was really, like, you know, opposing that feeling of de feeling depressed, but we were depressed. We could feel, we could feel the big piece of stone in, in our, in our heart. But after we fix up, fix that all up, how do you, how do you spell relief? I mean, that is like, you know, big relief. Wow. Amazing. So, so I'm imagining, I don't know what you were doing before. You may be doing business in America and, and then suddenly you're, like, like many, you know, many Chinese families, the family is so powerful. If something happens in the family, they call everybody in and you come together and you sort of centralize. Um, but, you know, that, that's a big leap to go from there, repairing the grave, to saying, okay, I need to do this as my life calling. So what happened? Um, all the villagers, they were very helpful and uh, they, they helped out a lot when, when I was uh, into this project of rebuilding the graveyard for my grandfather. Uh, and everybody celebrated too. For some reason, I just don't understand why it, has, it had been such a big piece of dirt hiding my grandfather's bones for so many years without anybody mentioning anything mm. to my parents and stuff like that. But um, we Chinese, we know deep in our heart that our ancestors' grave is one of the most important things that we need to have them taken care of or right. else, right. or else, right? You know, it's not bad for the, for the uh, upcoming generations. Right. So you felt like, I mean, that, that's exciting, but, but so you went and fixed up your grandfather, Greg, and I was, I was in China in 1989. So when you talk, talk about 1990, hey, we're, we talking might. <laughs> we're talking about not the China that we see now, we're talking about very much a third world country at that time. Um, and so it must have been, and also there was a wonderful feeling of, of togetherness in China at that time. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, building up in 1990 was uh, I was starting probably to live in Chongqing and uh, so that everybody would work together it wasn't your project alone it was everybody would work with that and I think that's hard hard to imagine now um, because of the massive uh, changes which have gone in the, on in the world um, but you still you then um, you you decided to change your profession. Was that immediately then you said, okay, I need to do this? Well, I have been a, a, a big feng shui fan for my whole life. Ah, so even at 10? Hmm? At 10 years old, you're also a feng shui fan? Oh, no, no, not way back that early. Oh, okay. um, it's like, you know, when I, actually when I started my practice, it was like, you know, after I returned to Hong Kong in 1990, Although I was already doing functional work in America. Oh, were you? Yeah. Oh. Even like, you know, um, of course, not professionally in America. I was like, you know, helping friends out, helping uh, friends, friends, you know, when they run into some obstacle, one kind yes. of another. Yes. The first thing we do is adjust the function because okay. I even, you know, uh, have that favorite saying that blame it on feng shui because uh, Ill illness 
or misfortune or financial difficulties or you know anything obstacles in life they have the root in feng shui and that's why we turn the table or turn your bed around you turn your luck around right so um that, i mean that is fascinating so so you're already doing feng shui uh, you knew that there was something there for you but like what made you think, like in all places in the world, that you could suddenly be a professional feng shui consultant in Hong Kong, which might might be in the world one of the most feng shui cities in the world? <laughs> yeah, but but in Hong Kong there is a kind of like weird scenario where uh, it has to do with the mentality of these Chinese people. We Chinese know that feng shui is very vital vitally important and yet there are two kinds of people one is they would be proud to tell people that hey i i fixed my feng shui at home or in the company or in the office i would make it big and let everybody know so that you know they would feel more secure uh, at rest when working in that office knowing that it has been feng shui and then another kind of people uh, that they will never admit to the fact that they have done feng shui to the home, to the company, and things like that. Because um, they might have the feeling that, oh, if I admit to others that um, I have done feng shui to my home, it's kind of like losing face. Mm -hmm. You know, face is a yeah, very important issue in Chinese. Well, it, I mean, if I try to name it, it's almost like um, um, uh, a traditional, there's a traditional culture which exists, which is almost in the air, and people don't think about it. And once you get to the really traditional culture, they're too sophisticated and modern to believe it. Yeah. Um, and yet... You know, if we look at um, many, many people go to the Chinese doctor, um, you know, for their, uh, for their problems. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit like Chinese medicine and in, in very much the way that Chinese medicine works is you work, you don't attack the sickness, you, you strengthen the, the whole, you know, organism and then the sickness is just going to fall down dead. Yeah, exactly. And in the same way, feng shui, as far as I understand it, and please correct me, it, you strengthen everything around somebody's home so that it's not just that person's body, but anybody going in that space is going to feel just, you know, energized, vitalized in a level that they may not be aware of. You just hit the nail on his head because, in like you said, yeah, there are a lot of feng shui practitioners, feng shui masters here in Hong Kong. And I, I'm sorry to tell you that most of them are more interested in making profit than providing real feng shui mm. to the clients. Mm. And that's why like a lot of them are carrying a laptop with a software with which when they are at the clients, they will say, okay, let me analyze your, uh, your, your natal data, like, you know, your bhaji, 
Okay. Uh, yeah, the, when you're born or stuff like that, and you know, give it a good software analyze, telling you that, oh, okay, this residence is only good for this and that kind of like, you know, elements, people of a certain elements. Okay. I mean, it's very misleading because when you function a place in the best manner, like you said just now, anybody who utilizes the environment and the energy with it can benefit regardless of, I mean, what, what elements that person is with and all these things. And that's why like, you know, there are some even, I would say like, you know, city kind of, city kind of function is that they divide people into two branches. Okay, on the one hand, you belong to this, maybe like, you know, in a family, a husband and wife, let's say, if they analyze the husband to be of one and the, the wife is of the other, they will have them separate into different corners in the, in the, in the homestead. Right. And then they will never end up sleeping together. They would never end up like, you know, working together because, you know, they belong to this type of so-called like, you know, uh, natal chart. And then the other person is with the other. I mean, it doesn't make sense at all. Right. However, let's let's um, let let's be fair. There are bound to be like many systems, traditional systems of feng shui, and some of them are practical uh, for modern living. But they, uh, and some of them are impractical. At some point, perhaps they had their validity. Uh, but what you're saying is you found a system which works for you, it for everybody, and in a practical way. Is that is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. We need to be really like you know, honest to ourselves and to honest to, to our clients in the way that um, you know we make sure that when you do A, then you get this result. When you do B, you get this result. There's no guesswork there. And um, and um, I mean, to me, if uh, I'm allowed to say feng shui, there's one system, one system that. I mean, that works. Okay. Well, you're allowed to say anything. I mean, uh, I think I invite people to, to talk on my show to, to share their experiences. And if, if that's your experience, you're welcome to share it. Next week, somebody may say, you know, they say oh, that's their system. But I, for me, I've, I have no horse in the race, as, as they say. But what I am interested in is I love to share stories that can inspire people. So people are facing a situation, a difficult one, and you may be coming as a, as a feng shui consultant, as an energy, energy worker, or, uh, and things turn around. And maybe you could tell us some, a story or, or two. <laughs> Many stories to tell, <laughs> to share. I bet, I bet. Yeah. Me being a naturopathic doctor uh, in Hong Kong also, I'm taking care of my clients in terms of like, you know, body, mind, spirit kind of thing. And that's why like um, when, when I, whenever I had client coming over to me saying, oh, they have this and that these so-called diseases and stuff like that, especially for serious ones, such as cancer or some chronic diseases, the first thing I would do is go check the function in the home. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, 99% out of 100 that I could find 
the reason for their issues. And then by fixing that physical aspect, I mean, physical aspects in terms of feng shui, because you know, feng shui is all kind of arrangement, objects, uh, object placement, or how you arrange your bed, how you arrange your main entrance, how you arrange your stove, that kind of object placements could be the main, one of the major reasons for sickness for a lot of people. For example, I have just handled a, a recent case of an elderly gentleman mm. who lived by himself. And all of a sudden, he was so-called found to have contracted colon cancer. And of course, his daughter came to me asking for help. And I said, okay, let's go to check the feng shui of, of this elderly gentleman. Mm. And then upon there, I checked and I found. Now, in this case, it's a very easy to handle case because I found that his feng shui at, uh, at the apartment that he lived in, the apartment had very good feng shui. And I was surprised, how come mm. such good feng shui would not render any serious sickness like that? And then upon further investigating, I found that, oh, okay, is the current energy pattern that is playing against him. Now, when it comes to function, we go to a, 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 a environment and check the function. That is, that is the original, what we call original plan of that environment. And then that is the main thing that we work on. And then we have to take into calculation of the energy of the current year. Because we have a calculation that it, that is what we call laolin. Laolin is the current year. And then we even take into account of laoyu. Laoyu is current month. Mm. So it's a whole, uh, it's a whole volume kind of thing. It's not like on paper is we are dealing with environment. It's a solid four dimensional or even five dimensional thing. It's right. not just one dimension. So we're, that's we're why in like, a, can we say like planetary influences and stellar influences? The fact that we're traveling, we are traveling in yes. a, in a um, what is it? Uh, we're in a solar system inside a galaxy um, inside the universe, and we're traveling. Even the solar system is moving and has different yes. yes, and it's a hologram. It's a hologram that we live in, and that's why, like you know, when we deal with function, we we are not dealing with like you know just three dimensional thing. We are dealing with like you know multi dimensional, and that's why, like you know, I look at the place, hmm, good function, but I check, oh, it's the year that is. The number five yellow star, what we call Mwong, mm. it was upon where the where the stove is, like you know when 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 he cooks, that stove there at that time the number five yellow star was during that year was was at that location, mm. overlapping with the the number five yellow star overlapping with. The, the position of the stove. And then the number five yellow star 
means blood congestion, means like blood diseases, if you don't mind me saying in Chinese, maybe like you know, some audience would uh, like to know the Chinese name, is the number one, the biggest killer in a negative manner, if we look at it from that, from that way. And it, that number five star is of the earth element. And that's why it doesn't like to be ignited with further fire element. And this, the stove is of the fire element. And mm -hmm. then when that number five yellow earth star was with the fire, it ignite their negative nature furthermore. Mm -hmm. And that's why the people in that residence will be very likely to have blood issue. And in that case, that elderly gentleman was the only one living in that apartment. So all the good stuff happened to, her, happened to him. And then the solution is very easy. I asked him, is there any way that you, you might maybe put up with having your stove move aside for a few months or maybe for this whole year? And then he was very flexible. He said, oh, okay, good, sure, I, I can do that. Right after he moved the stove to the next adjacent position that I assigned for him, boom. He was supposed to like, you know, go through um, uh, medical intervention, things like that. Yes. Right after the function was done, the doctor said he didn't, didn't need it. So, you know, he was recovering already from his colon issue. So we have to say like, it's quite incredible. And it sounds like, it sounds to me like inside a, inside a house, inside a building, that there are um, areas of different energetic qualities. Is that? Exactly. Yes. Okay. So if he was, if the, 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 the star, which the, the um, energetic influence of the year and the month and so on was going into the, corner where he had the stove then it's going to like start a terrible fire of monstrosities and calamities but if he just another area it could actually create good fortune exactly you okay. get it right on Richard smart man <laughs> no I mean I have I have uh, you know I studied the Taoist master and, and I do understand the, the idea of energy and of course you know it's like, is that so ridiculous? You know, what's the difference in my mouth and my eye? You know, if I, I can poke my finger in my mouth, it's not a big deal. But if I poke it in the eye, I'm going to notice a big difference. But yeah. I've only divided my face into different areas that have very different energies, you know. Uh, so is it is it so ridiculous to think that that could be um, valid for a, uh, you know, geographical location? Of course it's not. Um, yeah, and then, and then we are so in sync with our environment that you change the environment a little bit and then we change accordingly. And that's why my advice to quite a bit of clients that I run into, well, I mean, you know, when they are in very good condition, making a lot of money, they wouldn't need me. They wouldn't come to me. Mm -hmm. It's those who are running into obstacles 
would come to me and try to find some solutions or easy way out. And I am meeting a lot of people who are in such a situation that they couldn't afford to do anything work on the environment. And then what I suggest for them to do is, okay, maybe, maybe if you can rent an office, rent a small space in which you spend more time on to, but that place, I must check the phone story for you before you com get committed to it. That is used as a leverage, a jumping board for yeah. them to right. get away from the current limitation. So it's like your yin and yang. There's yin, so you find the yang. Yeah. There's yin in the in the home, yeah. negative influence, and you say, okay, I'm gonna get something with a very positive influence, and then it'll yes. bring to Tai Chi or you know, Yes, exactly. Okay, that's cool. Um, so how about um, if I and this is just me being funny, but you know, funny and not funny. How about I make a small model of my house and I change inside the small model. I change the form trade because I can't change it outwardly. Mm -hmm. Would that have an influence? Um, of course. You know why uh, we call ourselves Chinese people? Chinese is Zhongguo. 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 Zhong is. Zhongguo, yeah. Yeah. Zhong is like, you know, deep within, deep within our, our oneself, uh, deep within oneself. Mm. Like Zhonggan is right, you know, center, middle, whatever. The reason we take pride in being called or known that way is perhaps because our ancestors knew it all along that is the inside that matters. The outside would coincide with what we have inside. Hmm. And that's why when it comes to fixing a home, because a lot of a lot of things on the exterior environment, we cannot do a thing. Hmm. But as long as we fix the interior of our home, the in the inner world is already secure. It, it sounds like almost that you by adjusting something in the home you're changing something inside the people at the same time. Exactly. And that's why when I went to Montreal many years ago, they, they interviewed me for the stadium. They said, oh, please help us, help us fix the stadium function because everyone in town is paying heavily for just for that thing. And then, you know, I went there. There's not much I could do about that stadium. But I told them to fix the function of the headquarter or the office that runs the stadium. Ah, uh, smart, yeah. Yeah, because you, when you take care of the headquarters, everything will be yeah. in good, good, good position. It's the dragon's head. Where the dragon points, the energy goes, yeah? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. that's nice. So I have a question for you. Um, and it, it's related, it's a bit unusual because we talk about energy, but there's very much also like spirit. So have you been involved in any 
like where a spirit was caught inside a house and you said actually the feng shui is okay but you got another problem yes um many many cases because when i was in austin texas i was trained as a medium and that's why like you know when i uh do my work mm. i look at various level of being mm. spiritual emotional mental and physical right. and um I run into many cases where uh, spirits are involved. Yes, but it's Tell unlike- Tell us a story. Tell us a story, Uncle John. <laughs> but it's unlike the, the Hong Kong movie where like, you, know, you have to set up an altar and, and dress up in a funny costume and you know, get your weapon and kill all the spirits. I mean, spirits, we don't, we don't look down upon them. You know, we respect them because they are more even like, you know, with, with integrity than We are spirits. People. You are spirits. <laughs> yeah. We can treat yeah. each other nicely, yes. Yeah, um, we still have a house, you know, for this spirit to live mm -hmm. here. And anyway, like, um, in, well, let me cite one example, one, one, one case as an example. Um, I was invited to a, to a, to a home that uh, they said they, they, they've been having a lot of like, you know, strange happenings in the home, such as, it's an apartment, right? In Hong Kong, most of them are, are, are apartment. Yes. And that apartment, they said, for, for, for some unknown reason, the ceiling within the apartment, maybe one day is here, one day is there, all happening from the ceiling that, water will pour out from the ceiling. Like, you know, it's not any leakage of pipeline or whatever, because like, you know, mechanically, they, 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 they have already checked so many times with mm -hmm. the authority and things like that. There's no leakage, no pipeline whatsoever problem, but they've been having like water pouring out from the ceiling, maybe one day in the living room, and then the other day in the bedroom, wow. and then the other day in the bathroom. Mm. And they, you know, every one of the family was like, you're really scratching their head without knowing that, you know, what the heck is happening. And then they ended up calling me there. And then, but because I, I, I have experiences a lot of cases like that, so I knew what to look for. As soon as I enter the apartment, I saw a big, uh, a big photo in black and white wow. of, of an elderly family member of theirs. That already suggested to me that they just had an elderly family member pass away. You know, that's the normal Chinese way to, 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 to like, you know, honor the ancestors by putting a big photo of, of, of the person yes. in black and white. Yes. And then when I look at that photo, boom, something connect, something connect. And then I started to pick up messages from the bygone. Right. And that was like the grandfather of the family. And I asked, okay, what could I do to help? He told me that he really missed 
his now i mean this is a male thing the chinese male thing you know they all like you know uh they are very fond of the male family members like you know the 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 boy the 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 oldest boy in the yes yes the grandchildren <laughs> you know, the oldest boy you know? yes that 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 old man was like you know really missing the older boy of of his uh, grandchildren and and that's why I picked up the message that oh okay he was just in, in, initiating all this strange manifestation just to catch the attention. Of right. the oldest boy, right? And then I told, I I asked the family member. I said, I said, when this outpour of water from the ceiling happened, was the boy around at home? No, the boy wasn't around at home. And then the manifestation took place. And that's why I said, oh, okay. Now I have the answer. This is not feng shui work. This is like you know spirit communication work. Then I told them that okay, get get the get the boy here and say to the old man that I miss you too. You know, tell it tell him some loving words and to to like you know comfort his soul or his mind. Yeah. And then after that, nothing happened ever since. Right. And that life is fun. And, and, and that just, uh, what I like to say is, you know, we have these different levels and, and that's so nice that you bring uh, this uh, blend of skills and experiences. So some people say, oh, I've got a problem. It's a feng shui problem. And you go, no, actually, sorry, your, your feng shui is okay, but you just, you've got another problem. Um, and it's always, uh, it's like, um, Abraham Maslow said that the only tool you have in your toolbox is a hammer. Every problem looks like a nail. Yeah. So um, what if people, I mean, I would love that if you, if you were ever in Chiang Mai, come and look at my house and come and do the bon trade for me. But what about uh, people? Um, now we have virtual reality. Can you, do you, do you do any consultations uh, internationally? Yeah, can, can, yeah, can do because uh, I've been doing that. Although I, have not advertised about it. Uh, I, I, you know, because me being a Buddhist practitioner also, we, I mean, I would say, you know, whenever good karma comes into play, then make it happen. If not, no need to really like, you know, push so hard. Mm -hmm. And um, I do that too. Like it's very easy nowadays, but I have my own requirement. When someone wants me to do feng shui for them remotely, I would ask for them to buy a law pen, uh, a simple. Yeah, the law pen. Yeah, the... yeah, but the law pen that I use is not mega, mega, mega looking. Is a small one. Okay, you can try. Like this, yeah, yeah, like this one. Very small, and yet it gets the job done. Is it? And then I would have them buy. Sorry. It's a compass. It's a feng shui compass. Yes, yeah, the feng shui compass is uh, is the one of the most vital tools that we need for feng shui work to be done in the most correct manner. Mm. And then I would um, have uh, the client buy one of these. I would send it to them wherever they are in the world. I would teach them how to measure the direction orientation 
of the house. Mm -hmm. From there, they collect all the data for me, such as at least draw me a floor plan, or maybe take some pictures and uh, videos to further illustrate the finer details for me. And then when I get enough information, I can get to work. And the work will be as good as I were there. Right. Well, that's amazing. I mean, it sounds quite like you're really going um, the extra mile to get the best results for them, which is very nice. We must. We must do that because people put their trust onto us. Right. And then we must do the best we can. And do you do any, like, um, do you do, like, because I know there's face feng shui and there's, uh, and maybe you don't believe it. I don't know how you feel about that. And then there's the numerology of the, do you do, you do all that online? I do that, but it's not, it's not my interest. So, you know, I, I did that many years ago, but now, now I would focus only on feng shui because those things don't matter as much. They don't matter, right, okay. So yeah, because focusing like that. But people in Hong Kong, they can come over, they can contact you um, and have a, 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 a real life consultation and you can go to check out there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Especially when they are, I, I tell my clients that, you know, since they are investing so much money buying or renting or opening a shop, yeah. they might as well, you know, get the feng shui part done correctly because that's the most crucial part. And that's why I told them that when they are out looking for uh, homes to buy, shops to rent, or even like, you know, apartment to rent, I tell them to gather a few deals together. And then I'll go with them once with my law pen, with the sale, uh, real estate agent showing you know, place after place. Yes. I can get in there and just measure the direction. Boom. In a minute or two, I could tell them which one is the best, which one is not to have. And that will cut down the, the risk, like, you know, more than 90%. Yes. Um, I, uh, that's great. That's brilliant. And, uh, and so if somebody, I, it's quite possible somebody is very excited by what you're saying, um, can they learn with you? Yes, of course. I'm open to teach all I know, my whole life experience, my whole life's knowledge on this field. I am very open, nothing reserved, no BS. No BS is good. No BS is good. Yeah, no BS. FS and no I, BS. Yeah. No, wow. Well, we, we have enough of those things already, so nobody needs more. So, so um, is that something that, that is done, you're doing online or? or I would have to, I'm, I would have to devise a very clever, I, I mean, cleverly devised program so as not to leave any stone unturned. I mean, not to leave any stone unturned. And yet, like, you know, uh, I would uh, need to, you know, Get the program going and then i can teach them that way uh by means of like you know um maybe uh, all through the internet uh, like uh, multimedia and then at sometimes you know conferences mm -hmm. 
quite a lot because I know I will start teaching the how first so that when they know how to do it, they go out and do more cases, cases after cases. And then they will learn more about the why mm. while they're doing that. That is a very fast and good way to learn how to you know, really master it. Something that occurs to me is, is just um, um, if, if uh, you said like, you, you gave the example, I'm sorry, we, you know, we're drawing to a close because of time, but um, you gave the example where you, you helped somebody, uh, a spirit that wasn't a feng shui problem. Mm -hmm. Have you ever corrected the feng shui and the spirit problems disappeared because they were having problems that were appearing from spirit and then the, um, you could just correct the feng shui. So it's like a door was open uh, and it was inviting spirits to go into the room. And then when you close the door, it's like, oh, yeah, they won't, they're not going to go down that, that mm -hmm. meridian, that, that pathway anymore. I do that too, because, you know, I have to be very careful with my work with, uh, for my clients. And that's why, like, you know, uh, in some cases where, um, very obvious is a spirit issue. And then after I've taken care of the spirit issue, I will fix the feng shui as well. Because, might as well, because, you know, from experience, I would be able to tell which one is exerting more influence onto the current okay. issue. But, you know, I would not just take off like that. But in the case that I just shared, I did not fix the feng shui because you're so obvious that when the, 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 the boy talked to the, talk the bygone and everything's gone. So, you know, everybody's already happy. They don't even want to see me there anymore because, you know, they know that the issue has been taken care of. But in other cases, yes, I would uh, make sure that, you know, I would have both sides taken care of. Right. Understand. Well, uh, John, I'm, I will post um, all the details. I really hope you get on with that um, for, for everybody's benefit. I, I feel like this feng shui knowledge needs to be passed down and passed on. And you're one of these people who's got a true uh, connection with, with the land and the earth and the ancestors and everything. And I hope you can get a class together uh, that, that will even, even live beyond, beyond you. Uh, to share your experience and anybody who wants a feng shui con consultation they can certainly contact you in any information that's in the in the show notes and the description yes yes i mean if they have any questions they're more than welcome to contact me via my, my contact form or whatever um if they want to really like you know get uh, the feng shui done for the whole house for the whole office I would be more than honored to do that. And then, um, you know, also, uh, you know, thank you for the honor for me to appear in your, in your universe. And- um, oh, it's very much our honor. Thank you, John. I want I, to I I have to another question for you before I go. And, and you said you were interested in Vongtre before you became professional. So do you recommend people to buy any books uh, on Feng Shui or you find there's a lot of, it's just that you can't ah, really learn it from books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you really put me into a place where like you know I I I I'm 
biting my tongue not to not to tell. <laughs> right. Okay, okay. Uh, what's the most useful advice that you can give to somebody who wants to learn? Find a teacher or or buy buy some books. Well, to find a teacher, I mean, now I, I have to be honest. Maybe I'm very too much self-centered or whatever. Maybe I believe in my own work too, too much or whatever. I mean, it's hard to find a good teacher. It's hard I to find. You, I know what you're gonna say. It's, it's just, hard to find. I don't wanna. I don't wanna. You know, upset anybody, but. You can rush out to get somebody with a famous name and actually, honestly, sometimes the most famous people, and, it, and I'm not saying it's always like this, the most famous people, they're famous because they're famous. And yes. actually yes. their ability is not bad, but just actually just middle, yeah? Uh, but the really good people, they're hiding in a way in plain sight, you know? I, I find that very much so. I find that very much so. And that's why like, I am really enjoying my low profile all these years. I, I don't even have a name card. I mean, I didn't even have a name card for my feng shui practice until about two years ago, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah. Because in a way, I'm ashamed to tell people that, hey, I'm a feng shui master. Oh, no, I'm a functional practitioner because in Hong Kong, over here, all the big shots are just like what you described. And I don't want myself to have anything right. to be like, you know, associated with them in right. any yeah. whatsoever angle of image. Right. So you just, uh, you're very much advising caution about ne not necessarily the big name is the best, and uh, maybe also look for Yuan, you know, Yuan Fen. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 exactly. Some kind of special connection that you get with the person and trust that it, it's happening. You know, Yuan Fen uh, is, a, well, we can't even talk about it in the, in the scope of the podcast with the time, but it's like that's where destiny and fate come together. Um, and, uh, and if there's that, then normally find a teacher. The Chinese say find a teacher is Yuan Fen. So, yeah. yeah, so. I mean, it's Yuan when it comes to most things, finding a lawyer, finding a, mm -hmm. a, a doctor, finding whatsoever. Yuan Fen is very important. And, and, and yet, like, um, the worst thing about finding the wrong one is that they, they take you for a ride for many years. Right. And then you are really like you're wasting your own energy, your time, money, and the most important of all, the opportunity cost. I have many stories to tell, real, real story about how bad this is. Like, um, I mean, sometime, sometime it, I'll it, share some stories with you. Yeah, it's, I, I understand. Uh, it's a point of view. If we, uh, sometimes we, there's some point of view which says you always get the teacher you deserve. If you've got a bad teacher, it's a good lesson to spend the time looking for a good teacher in the future. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, of course, yeah, yeah. of course, yeah. If you're looking at a, a lifetime as a beginning and end, you've only got this chance. It's a very different perspective. 
if you have an infinite view of the of time and space that we have you know it's a it's a very gradual process and i'm not trying to push any belief onto anybody who's listening i'm just saying you feel differently about the world when you have a different point of view so. exactly yeah master Sifu, thank you very much thank you so much for coming on our on our um, little podcast I hope um, people can connect with you, and I really think people will have learned something useful and, and enjoy your story so much. Thank you. Anything I can do, let me know. I'm honored. <laughs>